Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Welcome to Girls Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray. I have my incredible co-host with me, Drew Haskins. Hi, everyone. And we are on to season six, the first episode of the last season. And joining us is the brilliant writer and close friend of mine, Sophie Kemp. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. We're so excited to have you, especially like as we kind of plunge the depths of this dark final season, we were just saying, I guess we have mixed feelings in the chat about this last season. I I don't know. I I like the final season, but it's definitely kind of a, I don't know. It, it gets a little dark and I don't know if I like it as much as the rest of the show. I love it just because it is so bold and such an interesting way to wrap up these particular characters. Like, Mm -hmm. I just appreciate what it tries to do. There are some really messy episodes coming up, um, but I think the first half of the season especially is pretty excellent. Yeah, I I really like have not done a full rewatch of the season ever um because I remember when it like came out in 2015 or whatever just like finding it's feeling very ridiculous for like many reasons um but this episode that we watched today I think is really good and there's like one other episode like the American bitch episode that Mm -hmm. I think is like phenomenal but then it just like gets kind of like really weird and improbable to me in like kind of a, a weak way weird and improbable is a good way to put it um but this was I forgot this episode was in season six I forgot it started season six because it's such a funny kind of classic Hannah episode I love when they take us out of the city and like just see her interacting with people who aren't her like New York cohorts yeah I love a bottle episode yeah so tell us a little bit about your relationship with the show Girls as a whole, season six uh, aside. Yeah, so I feel like I have a really funny relationship with this show for a lot of reasons. One of them is that I went to Oberlin College, mm-hmm. uh, like specifically like during the peak girls era, like when I was applying to college, it was like maybe season two had just happened. I was like very aware of the fact that I was like going to the girls school um so I've always felt like really haunted by this show and was like watching it while (laughs) I was at Oberlin College um and yeah as a result I've just like kind of always been like tracking my 20s through like what happened to the girls girls and fortunately I'm not really like any of the of like the the core characters of the show but I don't really think anyone is um and I definitely have been like a lot less lost than all of them but yeah I feel like I have a really funny relationship with the show it's definitely like always been in the back of my mind especially as I like left um Ohio to go to to go to life in New York City 
I bet you heard like comparisons to Hannah all the time, right? Or like people saying, oh, you're just living out girls. Yeah, I would like to think I'm not a Hannah, but <laughs> I definitely think I have been, yeah, haunted by girls' comparisons since I like, yeah, since I like got into college in 2014. Have you always been a fan of the show or at first were you kind of maybe resistant to it because of the whole Oberlin of it all? Um, I loved it when it first came out. And then when I like realized that we were like supposed to hate Lena Dunham, I was like, okay, like it's time to hate Lena Dunham because I was in like my real sheep era of of being a, a young person where I was just like I, I like any sort of like dominant opinion like is gonna and that I like have decided is correct, like has to be my opinion, otherwise I'm like a bad person or whatever. And I still don't think Lena Dunham is a good person, but I do think that I um now I'm kind of like, oh, she's honestly like an amazing writer and the show it fucking slaps and it's really good. Um, yeah, I did like a full, almost a full rewatch of the show and my, one of my best friends got top surgery like two years ago. And that was when I kind of, it kind of clicked for me that um, I was in, I was initially correct in my assessment of the show that it was really good. Yeah. Are there any episodes that especially stand out to you as masterworks? um I feel like the episode where uh like Marnie reconnects with Charlie that bottle episode where she like finds out that he's like on heroin at the end it's like thinking about that episode all the time it's so beautiful also the crack accident for sure I've like I I feel like I end up quoting lines from that episode all the time it's an incredibly quotable what I said it's an incredibly quotable show but continue uh, I was gonna say I stole the cracks of conceit for like a small part of the book that I just wrote because it just was too good to me <laughs> oh my god I cannot wait you'll have to plug at the end but yes. <laughs> I cannot wait to read I um I mean good segue into what I wanted to ask you next which is how do you like connect to Lena as a writer or you know you said you appreciate her writing but how do you kind of writer to writer connect to her um I I don't know I feel like something that I I kind of think is 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 true about her is and when she's writing the show is she's somebody who like really has her shit together but is really good at like writing about her also not having her shit together Mm -hmm. (laughs) or her way about like her way of writing Hannah to me just like is so resonant and real and really funny um I don't know yeah I was thinking a lot about this when I was watching the show I find like the dialogue to be so stilted in a way that I like don't think I realized when I first watched watched the show which I think uh makes it really delightful to me it does feel like very mumble cordy which is like the scene of which um she came out of yeah I don't know I like her writing a lot I think that there's it's like just like a really uh real way of writing about a specific way of being in 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 your early 20s in new york city i recently rewatched last days of disco and i saw a lot of parallels between Whit stillman's writing and lena's writing i don't know if anyone has not watched that movie please go do it it's i think perfect like if you like party girl like you'll love last days of disco um it is it's stilted in a way that like it fe- we've touched on this a little bit before, but like it's mannered and stilted in a way that early 20s, mid 20s, New York's like transplants would try to be f- sophisticated 
in that specific way. Yeah, I think stilted is like a perfect way to put it. Stilted also almost in the way that sometimes I find myself like falling into like I'm trying to say something smart and I have all the words there and it's it's coming together but it is stilted I don't know that's a perfect way of putting it Mm -hmm. so how do you think the show holds up in total you've kind of alluded to maybe some mixed feelings about Lena herself as sort of a cultural figure though we don't touch on that much actually like when Julie and I talk about the show. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your thoughts about the show, your thoughts about Lena, just and how it kind of all colors your viewing experience. Well, my view now is that I think the show's awesome, but I mean, it is like, you have to take it at face value. It's like a show by a white woman about like four white women that like all have rich parents. Uh, Like, I don't think that a show like that would like be able to, or like should be able to like exist in like this current um cultural climate. But for what it is, I think it's, like, awesome. Uh, And I feel like I personally uh, just, like, tend to separate art from the person who made it, um, which I don't think is, like, universal or, like, people should be that way. But that's just the way that I am in terms of, like, how I consume, like, most cultural products. So for me, I'm just, like, able to just, like, enjoy the show for what it is. But I feel like all the critiques of it at the time were super valid. But I disagree with any critiques about her being a bad writer, because I think the writing in that show is phenomenal. It is phenomenal writing. And we we definitely don't want to diminish some of the uh, snafus that she got herself into <laughs> back then. But... um yeah I mean you can't you can't make this not slap like it's it's such a good show yeah I also think the critiques of the show were totally valid but also some of them I guess in hindsight I wonder I mean I don't know certain critiques I'm like well I don't know if she needed to write a show that featured anyone who wasn't like a privileged girl living in New York. You know, like that's what she knew and she was like kind of skewering it. And I feel like people totally didn't, I guess, get that she was in on the joke. Yeah, totally. Like, I think, I don't know. I, it's hard to tell ever when Lena Dunham is being self-aware or not. Yeah, uh, it's like kind of. I think the most problematic thing about her is that you're like I can never actually figure out like how much you've like thought about this. Uh, but I agree with you, Julia. I can't well, tell if that's to her benefit. Like, kind of, she's. It's almost like she's playing dumb in a good way, but I don't know. Maybe she's a mastermind. Well, my all-time favorite Lena Dunham the person quote is: "My words were spoken <laughs> from a delusional girl persona that I often inhabit," and. That so, I think that sums it up just about right. Like it's yeah, <laughs> she's often inhabiting it like consciously or not, which is kind of her genius and also in so many ways her downfall. Like the critiques of the show are 100% valid, and she definitely did not do herself any favors by being so publicly messy during this time. Like yeah. it would be. I don't think you could do the show, obviously, in an era without social media. But the fact that she was constantly tweeting throughout all this, really, it kind of added to the experience, but also 
it definitely yeah. clouded a lot of the like contemporary reaction to the show because she was just so outrageous. I think the other thing is is that she was making this like these episodes like she wrote them when she was like 27 mm-hmm. which I'm like I don't know like I tweet crazy shit all the time not that crazy but I'm like it's just a very volatile time to be a person and you just say a lot of dumb shit all the time I think yeah Twitter was also a different place when yeah. she was totally it was a lot more deep diary back then as someone who's a Twitter user during that time Mm-hmm. yeah she was kind of just letting her freak flag fly and to her benefit and detriment for real i know you said you don't connect with any of the girls but if you had to choose which girl would you say you are probably ray ray whoa <laughs> wait why do i know that did you tell me that or did i just know I, that because i'm like I'm so Ray. Like I'm, Ray. like I'm like very glam or whatever, but I also am like I just like want to like sit in my apartment and like argue with people and like read a book. You're so Ray. Wow. I'm like gross. At, at my core, I'm a Ray. I like <laughs> need to like come off as like a Marnie. I'm definitely not a Jessa. I'm a little bit of a Hannah, but I'm mostly a Ray. Yeah, I could see you with like Ray Marnie kind of cusp. But I'm mostly Whoa. right. <laughs> That's a there's wild Marnie, mix. <laughs> there's some Marnie in there. Some Marnie, like, beneath the surface. Yeah. That would be apparent to anyone who doesn't, like, know you know you. I don't know. Maybe I do come across as a Hannah. I don't know. I've been, like, on my SAS girly grind lately, and I feel like it's it's not good that I'm doing that. So. <laughs> no, think- it's very good. I think maybe, like... Hannah in the streets, Ray in the sheets. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. Every writer we've ever had on has had a little bit of Hannah in their chart. I think it's just impossible not to subconsciously identify with her a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Should we get into the actual episode itself? Let's do it. Um, Drew, do you want to do our little recap of last week? Sure. Um, so last episode, the season finale of, or the, yeah, season finale of season five, Hannah delivered a career changing story at the moth about her, Adam and Jess's love triangle. Meanwhile, Adam and Jessa got into a horrible fight and destroyed their apartment. Uh, Marnie and Ray went on tour with Desi opening for the Lumineers. Shosh found a purpose rebranding Ray's coffee shop. Um, and Elijah and Hannah's parents had a kiki, and it was really fun. So that's where we left our girls. And we pick up pretty soon afterwards, it seems like. Time yeah, passed. honestly, great season finale into a great season opener, I'd say. The show is so 2010s, I love it. It is. There's, <laughs> there are moments in this episode where I had to make a note. Like, this is so deeply 2016, 2017. Oh, which yeah. we do, but let's go through. We usually do girl by girl, and I think starting with Hannah, we gotta, we I, have to. I mean, talk about 2016, 2017. Like the modern love focus in this episode was so like late college era for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hannah's story that she presents at the Moth gets published as a full essay, uh, in Modern Love. And the episode starts with kind of a montage of all of her friends uh, 
parsing through this. I wow. honestly loved this little opening monologue. It It's so cheesy TV season opener, but like did work on me and did give me goosebumps. I love that Marnie's sitting on the toilet reading it. So her for some reason. And I also... It, it's so real how much she loves that she has a friend who's in the times you know mm-hmm. it's a personal victory for her yeah her screaming hannah's in print and then immediately like wrapping the paper towel or the toilet paper around her hands like allison Perfect. williams genius once again also um, oh, julia you go oh no you you had i was gonna say for me it's all about hannah rereading her own pitch <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's also. I mean, Ray, aka you, spotting a typo and giggling reading it very good. I also loved, I mean, it's all, it's just perfect. It's reminding you who each character is, which I think is fun. Like Shosh going, that's not very ladylike. I don't know. I, I, I was charmed by it. Yeah. Um, Do we think this would be a viral essay in 2023, or do you think it would fly under the radar? I think it depends how the writing is. That's another thing I love about the show. We never really know. Is Hannah a good writer? I mean, I could see this being a tweet thread. Like, I'm just, I don't think modern love is even hitting the way it did in 2016, 2017. Like, I'm just not really sure what the forum for this kind of piece would be. Um, like where i said tiktok story time <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I don't think... oh sorry i keep interrupting everyone oh, no, no oh my god it's so tricky on zoom you go sophie um, yeah i just feel like modern love isn't that relevant anymore like i don't know of a single modern love essay going viral in the past year so it definitely have to be on a different forum for mm-hmm. sure the only modern love i can think of that went viral i think this was modern love was that uh, girl who wrote about creating like a contract for her relationship or like terms and agreements. Do you guys remember that? No. That's... I feel like it, yeah, I feel like it has to be really, really stupid. The last to... one I read was about a woman who lost her virginity when she was 31 because she had a heart disease. And it was oh, sad. I think that that's sounds... the last one I read too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that one sent me viral. I don't know. And who was the author? Hannah Horvath. Hannah Horvath. Um, I also want to shout out Adam Driver's acting in this scene because his like aggressive thumb chewing was genius to me and um, just is saying that she doesn't want to read the essay at all very believable very believable I love Adam Driver's character in the show so much it's just like such a kind of man that I'm so familiar with and it really works for me Mm mm-hmm I I agree with both points. The thumb, the nail biting immediately stood out to me. I was mm-hmm. like, yep, that's an actor. <laughs> that's an actor. That's Kylo Ren. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, the casting in this show, incredible this episode for guest actors. Um, we'll get to Riz Ahmed later, but I screamed fully uh, when Chelsea Peretti popped up as the editor-in-chief of slag mag especially (laughs) given uh for people who may not be aware chelsea peretti's brother is jonah peretti who is the right editor of buzz or like owns it 
funny. Yeah, former BuzzFeed owner. See, I didn't... Re I always suspected those two must be related, right? Same last name. I They are. I Shocking. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I also... I mean, I love Chelsea Peretti. Honestly, I think she's... She's very funny, great, like kind of sitcom y comedic actress. Oh, yeah. And she's perfect in this little beanie as the EIC of Slag Bag, which seems like kind of a reductressy type. Also, situation. The, the outfits. Again, I'm just like the yellow leather jacket. I'm like, God, I'm so happy we're not doing that anymore. I personally <laughs> never did that because I've always been really stylish. But <laughs> I'm aware that other people were doing that at that time. People were wearing bright, bright leather jackets for sure. I definitely have like, oh no, it's kind of stylish. I was going to say I have a red leather jacket, but that I, that feels- yeah, I, I like know what you're talking about and that doesn't count because it's cool. Thank you. <laughs> no, I was going through my Apple Music library the other day and just doing some like detritus cleanup of stuff that I absolutely never listen to anymore. And half of it was this like landfill indie music from 2015 to 2018. And these sorts of pastel- or like brightly colored leather jackets were on every single one of like the album or EP wow. covers, like just without fail. It was like the hipster military jacket. Yeah. It's crazy. It wasn't that long ago. Like the most brain dead point to make, but it wasn't that long ago. You're so right, babe. It really wasn't. <laughs> we were listening to Landfill Indie and, and wearing yellow leather. But I do love Chelsea Peretti commissioning Hannah to write about this women's surf retreat in Montauk, um, quote unquote, mainly for her look. They're hiring her for her look, which what does that even mean? He said her look, her shape, her everything. Also, the in-person pitch meeting. I'm like what <laughs> did that ever happen did that ever happen I don't know I wasn't running for magazines really in 2016 I also love Hannah saying I give zero fucks about anything yet I have a strong opinion about everything even topics I'm not informed on which is genius like the thesis of her character <laughs> I mean that's the thesis of online life these days <laughs> yeah I got some strays with that one that too I was like I definitely was that for longer than I'd like to admit like just such feels so strongly and thinks that's a strength and is also not that informed on things <laughs> oh I mean that was me like an hour and a half ago tweeting about why George Santos got indicted for wire fraud like suddenly I'm like busting out busting out the legal textbooks like it's yeah uh... that's loving Caroline Allison so much <laughs> I did also like Hannah saying that she feels more of a dumpling than a woman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Chelsea Peretti basically saying, like, how are you still standing? Like, you should be dead in a gutter by now because of what you wrote about. <laughs> and yeah, more of a dumpling than a woman is a great is a great quote that maybe I'll start using again. This assignment is so ill-suited for Hannah's whole vibe, either outside, I mean, outside of her look and shape, like, I mean, I mean she's prioritizing going to, like, sun her vagina, like, Shailene Woodley, like, she's going for the beach, like, it's a, a great 
great time. I, I have mixed feelings because I do see what Chelsea Peretti is saying by we're hiring you for your look. Like I said, what does that even mean? But I think I know what she means. You know, they want to fish out of water type thing. I got it. But you're right. Hannah's too stubborn. And and yeah, she says, mm-hmm. um, what does she say about Shailene Woodley sunning her vagina? She says, the glow doesn't come from the makeup. It actually comes from her pussy. <laughs> Sophie, I don't know why the Shailene Woodley sunning her vagina thing i was like why does this feel like why does this remind me of sophie i would say something like that that's why maybe that's why <laughs> i was thinking about when i was watching them i was like everyone is just like has their fucking cunt out like every five minutes in the show and it works for me it was making me be like why am i like fully closed in my apartment all the time it doesn't make any sense i live with my cat i don't have there were two there were two separate pussy moments yeah that actually there's a third we saw landing strip there that's so true yeah <laughs> i mean that's beautiful that's the show it, it, this was definitely a more like bush forward episode than we've gotten in the past like yeah to be applauded i mean so hannah goes to the surf retreat in montauk at this kind of like motel sort of like a structure. chic motel or something motel. like they like the Trixie motel they just went to on Salt Lake City but oh my god um, motel honestly which I'm like corny that they would <laughs> rip off the Rolling Stones but whatever yeah. so Hannah witnesses a lesbianic confrontation between a wealthy woman and like this staffer about some missing surf instructor who she had an affair with and she quickly clues in on that this is essentially just like a fuck retreat for wealthy women to like hook up with surfers so funny yeah i also i mean she's immediately also just that fish out of water you know they they hired the right girl for the job the staffer immediately clocks her and she's like you can swim right and like you need to wear sunscreen you're very pale obviously hannah kind of i guess immediately takes that and is like okay well i'm gonna hate everyone back and she says i have a quote here she says like everyone here talks in this slow unintelligible way that borders on matthew mcconaughey hell i thought that was funny just like you know hannah if she gets the slightest idea that people don't respect her or don't like her she's like okay well i'm gonna beat you to it yeah which I feel, I guess. And like, if I spilled sunscreen all over my suitcase and then like greased myself up to like fit into someone else's wetsuit by accident, like I would not, I would not be a happy camper either. No, I would have a panic attack. If I disappoint anybody, I get very upset. I, yeah, I think you and I and Hannah have that in common. I mean, does Hannah have that? She's I was I was gonna say she maybe not actually. She's very she's a willful um I don't know, she's very willfully I I can't come up with the word, but she she lubes up the someone else's lubes up. She she yeah. her word's not mine, but so funny. She's like, I had to lube it up just to get it over my ass. And then <laughs> what follows is maybe one of the most shocking scenes in girls history or moments i should say 
where she she comes over and some woman calls her out for wearing her wetsuit and she's like take it off and she says okay take it off right here strips down completely naked (laughs) shocking everyone it's so shocking this is one of the rare late season girls episodes that i've seen more than once and every single time i am completely caught off guard by it (laughs) it's such a funny joke yeah it's all it makes a lot of sense though for her character that she would do that yeah i mean yeah like she like buttons the scene by saying well fuck me i did not get that information (laughs) it is so funny i love it's also just the shock value of it i feel like a lot of the time she uses her naked body just as like a yep it's here kind of you know statement but in this scene we get a rare kind of it's almost like slapstick you know mm-hmm. yeah it's really funny yeah which i love um i also love riz ahmed playing paul louis the surf mm-hmm. instructor he's mm. a a hunk <laughs> a it's hunk funny. in the traditional sense funny casting choice to me the Riz Ahmed on Gr- HBO's Girls season six has always been very confounding to me but I I do love it I would say this is back when networks would like keep the casting in the family so to speak because he had just finished that show the the night of no, it's night of yeah night of no, I almost called it night manager um the night of which is about like police injustice or something but he filmed that in new york and then did his girl scenes basically concurrently as part of some like hbo deal that he had Mm -hmm. um it is weird casting but he's really good his american accent is really good um did not take me out of it too much it's so hot honestly yeah yeah he's i think he's great in it like he he has the he has the accent down and he also just kind of has the drawl and the pacing of it down i don't yeah. know i i love him in this role i also love like one of you said there's just like a the subtle sexual energy between the teachers and the students when he's teaching the class and these kind of skinny pilates 30 40 somethings are totally just i don't know they just live for the compliments they're like jumping up on the board perfectly and waiting to get called out also sophie on this show we love to call out all the hilarious names they give to characters um what's one that comes to mind uh who was who was marnie's artist boyfriend booth jonathan Booth Jonathan, the contemporary artist. Um, Thomas John, the the millionaire that Jessa was married to. Anyway, girl's name of the week. There's a woman in the class named Laramie. <laughs> I just thought we, we needed so, just like that out in the open. I hate to correct you. Um, <laughs> I looked on IMDb because I also heard this. I was like, what is he saying? IMDb has her name as Larmarie. Like Laura Marie? No, Larmarie. Okay, that's still weird. <laughs> it's, no, it's weirder than Laramie almost. Like, no, Laramie. Like Armory with an L. 
Okay, but Laramie is like Jeremy with an L. It's also like Laramie, like Laramie Wildman. Yeah, Laramie. It's also like that. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I just this show, you know, it knows how to sneak in a joke. Um, Yeah, it's so crazy. Um, There's a lot of Hannah physical comedy this episode. I loved her falling off the surfboard and pretending to sprain her front arm. And also Paul Louie being like, which of your arms is your front arm? Aren't they? Yeah, and the doctor be like, that's not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the doc the the nurse is so good. Like so mm-hmm. such a good foil to Hannah's little game. I she I love her just like wearing a towel around her head, looking like a a kid in the nurse's office. Mm-hmm. Um I also love when she says well, what about, what if the pieces about how I went out to the beach, hated it, came inside and never went back out? Could that be an interesting angle? <laughs> like, the, I I felt that so deeply. Like, when you're doing an assignment and you're like, well, what if I, what if I do it poorly? Like, would that be okay? <laughs> I like to talk to anyone for my story that I'm working on. And yes. just like, come to about me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ex- Sophie, exactly. I knew you would get it. Like... <laughs> I mean, that's just, like, what writing is about, to me, at least. It's just, like, figuring out how I can just, like, find a way to make it about myself at all times. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. I mean, if I could find a way to pivot this assignment into, like, an eater.com essay about all these weird, like, electric blue cocktails (laughs) that you can drink at these resorts, like, that would be a fun pivot for me. Like, I... Oh yeah, I would, and I drink the cocktails too. I love oh, a like neon fruity drink. It's one of my less appealing qualities. I don't know if I do, but I had a blue cocktail recently, and I was like, "This is awesome, awesome so, or awful, awesome." It was really good. Wow, what flavoring? What's the profile? No, it was like just like blue raspberry. It was like at like a fancy Italian restaurant. <laughs> wow okay yeah. there's like hips for italian food where they're like it's a junk food here i don't know it was good cafe mars and guanas honestly okay. good recommend. all right i'm writing it down i love hannah with a dyed blue mouth she's just <laughs> she's really living her uh her truth out here on this on her post beach day she's sunning her vagina and drinking this cocktail um and Paul Louis approaches her at the bar and says that she should try to enjoy it and then Hannah says she was selected for this job because she wouldn't enjoy it and blah 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 Hannah invites her to drink or invites him to drink with her uh which which leads to another really funny line from the episode from Paul Louis it's cool because I can drink a lot and not be an alcoholic <laughs> yeah it's just like such a stunted line that it like shouldn't work but it does really work which to me is a very magical thing about the show also that scene is um proceeds one of the best uh dancing episodes of girls which is where hannah twerks really yes yes being ass on the ground (laughs) it was like um do you guys know that like movie climax, the Gaspar Noé movie where they all dance at the beginning? This was like he stole the whole movie from this scene. Like this was like wow. nightmare fuel to me. 
<laughs> really I was like god I like never can drink again after watching this and I watched it at like 1 p.m completely sober <laughs> yeah I I love Hannah writhing around on the dance floor like spilling she, she has so many bright colored drinks this one is red <laughs> she's like spilling it all down the front just kind of showing her entire ass to the dance floor um it's a great scene and makes drinking look so or makes partying look not fun in a way like I don't want to be at that party no I was like god I hope I've never done that before also I think that I like clocked that they were just playing like random deep cut MIA songs and I was like oh god no like I want to (laughs) die and then Riz Ahmed getting up and like unintelligibly rapping the verse from slow jams was (laughs) so funny to me (laughs) and just like not hitting any of the words she's like hannah's like so turned on by it and i'm like oh my god this is deeply triggering to me yeah i've definitely been turned on by a guy doing something in like similar to that similarly horrible and cringy and yeah. yeah, that's just how you are when you're that age. <laughs> that drunk as well. And that drunk. Yeah. I think Hannah is in this season. Riz Ahmed is a rapper in real life, right? I mean, he he has a rap career. Is he? Yeah, isn't he in that? Okay, let me verify. I need to verify this because Please I'm pretty verify. sure he does have a rap career. So if Just as like a say, side gig. Did you say how old is she in this season? Yeah, how old is Hannah in this season? Okay, let's do some math because there is an episode. There's an episode. What did you say? Maybe twenty six or twenty seven. I feel like twenty six or twenty seven. There's an episode like one or two seasons ago where she turns twenty five. So I feel like twenty seven might be it. Yeah, um, Riz Ahmed is a rapper, by the way. He is uh, one half of the Sweatshop Boys. Um, with one of the guys from Das Racist. Is it Heems? It is Heems, yeah. Well, I think I knew that. I and did he, not know that. He hasn't done anything since um, on the Hamilton Celebrity Covers CD. He did Immigrants, We Get the Job Done. So, All once right. again, 2016, 2017. Uh, going nuts. Going nuts. Um, That's fascinating um i mean he does not show his chops in this episode but still yells i'm gonna fuck him which good for her i stand with my sister on that one um i my true like bottom out cringe moment of this episode was after they have sex in the bunk beds which cringe number one Mm -hmm. her waking up having like a very authentic looking sunburn and throwing up like red slurpy drink all over the floor like a visceral nightmare like, yeah and then like deciding to like get on her high horse about having a bush i was like, <laughs> oh. like i have a i have a migraine <laughs> yeah it says i've seen bushes all over the world and you have one i haven't seen which <laughs> really made me laugh so funny i mean she has a pretty normal looking bush if he's seen so many but i also love so like you said sophie she's kind of getting on her high horse like oh excuse me for using 
uh like my hair for what it was intended for and he's like no no I like it like relax <laughs> and yeah. then it's like that like um, like immediately following her like realizing that she has a disgusting sunburn and then throwing up off the side of a bunk bed mm-hmm. yeah she really has no reason to be acting that way um the way that they're having sex to me is like so cringe where she just like keeps feeling like she's in an awkward spot <laughs> yep her hips popping um she what is she, i wrote down a quote from that she says she's like insisting that she's flexible she's like i am flexible but like i'm much more flexible than i am strong but like i feel my lungs collapsing a little bit (laughs) very sexy the shot that just it it felt like it went on forever of just his back and her like feet Feet, yeah angled like that i was like oh my god cringy um i did like Oh, go on, Julia. I was just gonna say I'm very aware of um sex scenes because I watch TV in my living room and you can kind of see in from the out I'm I'm on the ground floor. And so I'm always like, okay, how is this gonna look to a passerby? Cause there there are little gaps, as you can see. It's not a big gap. Like someone would really have to be like peeping through your window. You can see. I, I I walk by and if I'm if I'm casually walking by but looking, you know, I'm always looking in people's apartments. People are looking. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that that was a pretty tame, tame shot, but nonetheless uh went on for a long time. So yeah. long. It really did. I really liked this little scene. Or like series of scenes where Paul and Hannah just frolic around Montauk instead of skipping out or and skip out on the surf lesson. Also, they're just like I love when they like make out in the sea that whole and they're also like my sweet lord is playing. <laughs> yeah. Babe, how much did you pay for that sync licensing? Uh that's a big one. Um yeah but I was like that whole montage I was like honestly deeply charmed by it but and because of it was just like so perfectly ridiculous yeah yeah it's an old joke since from here to eternity but every time any show or movie does one of these montages that like shows how hard it is to actually like make out by the ocean I laugh (laughs) every time like it just like the physical comedy of her like bikini bottom sliding down and mm-hmm. him like trying to like pick her up and like her the just like the frolicking I was like I was laughing the whole time but and I thought all- the conversation they had was so sweet though too another thing I clocked during that scene is the amount of Montauk gear product placement that's a good point I was like this is a really great advertisement for this disgusting beer that I hate drinking <laughs> There was also a lot of Cheetos and just maybe one Cheetos when they were smoking weed. They were eating Cheetos. So get the bag, I guess. You got to pay for that license somehow. Yeah. Um, But I love the theme of their short-lived relationship is kind of like he's, she's this kind of, I guess, curmudgeonly pessimist and he's this eternal beachy optimist. Like he's a spirit. Yeah, showing her how to live. She at one point Hannah says, "I'm not into the beach. I'm more into like my apartment and the library and meatball shops." <laughs> and he says at one point, "Love gives vibes." 
<laughs> yes, wait, he says, hate takes energy, love gives vibes. And she goes, like, as if this it's some poignant statement. She says, yeah, love does give vibes. Yeah. Oh, also, I love, he calls the beach, uh, quote unquote, the big blue medicine pill. That's <laughs> so... It's so, like when you're like 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 specific tweet that I always see it's like being like I hate men and then texting your boyfriend like how's improv practice babe <laughs> <laughs> it's like that to me but like I feel like I relate to this more because it's like you thinking that you can like date a guy who's like really into the Grateful Dead and then you like realize mm-hmm. that actually entails yeah I won't tell I won't tell Gabe you said that he's really into the Grateful Dead <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does take a lot it does take out of love you know i i don't see for a long weekend at least dating some like himbo beach philosopher who says stuff like it's so much easier to love something than to hate it and like meaning that so earnestly as if it's the most profound thing ever said like by the ocean you can kind of just like listen to the waves tune it out like vibe out a little bit that's kind of what she i mean hannah's like shockingly kind of receptive to it but yeah she's ready to get an airbnb and stay for a while and get to know him i mean (laughs) what'd you say sophie i couldn't hear you i said until she finds out he's in an open relationship right comes crashing down very quickly when he reveals he's an he's in an open relationship with Asherlyn is that the name yeah because her mom's name is Lynn and her dad's name is Asher no it's the other way around I think oh my god that's even funny that's so good Um, he thinks that's the reason why she's reacting so strongly to it it's like because of her unusual name you probably have a lot of questions (laughs) the line that really killed me was and this is such like a gay guy line I was like so thrilled that they actually like forced it in here but we're open except when we're going to Kilimanjaro in a few weeks like I have heard like take out the the location swap in for another one but like I have heard that exact line from so many open gay couples like that's so funny dozens of times in my life and the thought of being closed on Kilimanjaro is like so funny. Like you're fucking at altitude. Like that's that takes a lot. Yeah, that's so real. Yeah, I Hannah gets a little angry. You know, she feels really stupid. You can tell. She's like, "Good thing I didn't meet you in Kilimanjaro." Um, <laughs> but she kind of, I guess loosens up and plays it cool and just kind of has a good day for the rest of the day and then she goes to a bonfire with Riz Ahmed and just the episode ends in a really sweet corny way that really worked for me um the co-counselor or whatever is playing she's so high I don't remember who that song is by but you know classic 90s 2000s yeah and they're uh, all really corny and drinking their montauk beer drinking their their sponsored montauk beverages um and she's just kind of grinning and then it transitions into the actual song and 
fade to black. I don't know. I honestly, I'm having goosebumps talking about it. Yeah. I don't know why, really but good. it's sweet. It works. It's a good episode. It's a good episode. Yeah. I mean, should we talk, get really quickly into the Ray and Marnie of it all? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, because I bring up that Ray is reading A Little Life, <laughs> <laughs> which I was like, that's the thing that I took away the most from that episode. I mean, what? Okay. I had this question because we wrote that down, Ray reading A Little Life. What else do we think is on Ray's bookshelf? Like what? He should be reading that book. That's like out of character for him. He should be reading like yeah he should be reading like Oblomov or something like just like a really heavy Russian book yeah that he definitely sense. has a lot of like Dostoevsky I can see him having like the stranger um I mean he's not he's not reading about gay suffering no, <laughs> no absolutely not he's like reading about like a Russian guy who like can't get off the couch but that book was very buzzy at the time, you know? So, like, he, I feel like he is one to buy a buzz book. Yeah, I don't know. It's like there's an episode of Sex and City where, like, Carrie's, like, reading the Rachel Papers by Martin Amos. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> they need book consultants. Yeah, when that book came out. <laughs> um, that's a deep cut from another show. But sometimes I'm, like, so I'm, like, very aware of what people are reading. I'm, like. Does this character really like somebody who would like go to books are magic and get a book off of the pink table? No shade. Wow. Sophie, I would I would read an article on this <laughs> subject. You need to be a book consultant for HBO. I literally would love to. I'd be so good at it. I unfortunately do a lot of reading because I don't own a television. Well, gotta get one if you're gonna be a book consultant for HBO. You're right. Also, I love HBO's girls. True. When they reboot it, or if, like, this episode also sold me on the idea of Hannah doing a wild-style trek through Kilimanjaro, or it just oh any like, national forest. To, excuse me. To imagine Hannah in that kind of, that also, honestly, briefly getting back to that, that really does cement how different they are, uh, Hannah and this guy. The fact that he's going on a trip to Kilimanjaro. Like, <laughs> Hannah's Hannah's not built for this. No. Um, oh, my God. I don't want to talk Hannah, about Rain or Marnie. Marnie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, first of all, I love them calling each other baby every other word. Oh, my God. I also clocked that. Very funny way to show where they are in the relationship, which is early, but not too early. Early, but not too early, but like it's not going well. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, it's like kind of like hostile. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's weaponized, like love speak, kind of. Um, yeah. Marnie's obsession with like her online therapist is Nexium vibes to me. Like, <laughs> I. You know, she, I think this is the second time she's brought up her online therapist in like the last three episodes. Um, she says her online therapist is quote unquote obsessed with her repeating old patterns. So that's why she needs to kick Ray out and spend time with him. But some of the time needs to be apart, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With Shosh. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, the Shosh part, she, yeah, basically, Ray's like, yeah, it's fine, I'll just stay with Shosh. And immediate red flag, obviously, but um, 
Marnie says her manic energy is not welcome here, so he should stay with Adam. And um, Ray says perhaps the funniest line of the episode, maybe the funniest Ray line I've heard in a while, um, about how Adam and Jessa live in one of the most repulsive places you've ever seen, and they're always somehow reheating fish. (laughs) It's so funny. Oh, he says... They're always somehow rehitting fish. It's like they got this huge fish dinner months ago and it just never ends. It's bottomless. (laughs) And then like the first scene that is in um, Adam's apartment, uh, just is sitting on the couch naked eating with yogurt like a baby. It is the pig pen. It is the pig pen over there. Like, and he's just in her, his underwear. Like, I I don't know. Why is yogurt like, the grossest thing you could eat naked it just is it just like really wrong it's like textural it's also you're like (laughs) yeah all my time in a really gross way i mean i I also anything in a spoon in a bowl okay naked is a no ice cream seems more okay to me but what if you spill what if you spill like dairy products it's all bad like that's i don't think this is good like I think yogurt's really disgusting. Yogurt ugh. is uniquely gross. For it's then I was walking around eating yogurt out of my big tub, and I was like, "This is gross. I can't do this." <laughs> I don't like. I think it's the. I think maybe ice cream feels more okay, maybe because it's a treat, and because it's more solid. I feel like yogurt is. It's almost too. Uh, it well, it's too liquidy for sure, and it's too. Um, but it's too solid at the same time. Like that much, I, I think know. yogurt's too like. Like I would rather spill soup on myself on my naked body than yogurt. Mm, interesting, interesting. I actually see what you're saying because, like, um, it's like drinking something. If I spill like water on myself, like that's no crime. But like, sure, like a drippy yogurt. Oof. Mm. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm like, I wear clothing at all times, so this is I'm like good take to take a shower in a onesie kind of yeah. go. <laughs> You're never nude. Try to be naked as little as possible, but yeah, food <laughs> without clothing on. It's usually watermelon sour patch kids, and that's a private thing between me and myself. I do the only. <laughs> that seems like an okay thing to eat naked. Yeah, you can only do it when you're in a relationship. That's not that single. too. <laughs> That's not single or yeah. I don't know. I feel like you can do that single. No. No? Okay. No. You write the rules. I follow them. We have to live according to our own personal codes. Like I think this is yeah. this is a good way to live. But... I also hate it makes it somehow grosser that Jessa calls it yogurt. Yogurt. Yeah, totally. <laughs> mm-mm. Mm-mm. That line is so much funnier to me considering that she, like, Jemima Kirk and Jess, like, like both have a fake British accent. Like, are we allowed to talk about that? It's confusing at this point. I saw her at a party over the summer and she's, like, 5'2". Whoa. Yeah. She reads 5'7 on screen. She's, like, 5'2". I'm, like, I have, like, 2 to 3 inches on her. Which is for me. That's actually shocking to me. I I think it's because she has such... Okay, hear me out. She has such long hair 
I always <laughs> associate that with tall women for some reason. Oh, she's Why not, is that? The same height as Kim K, another woman who's 5'2". Whoa. Famously short woman, yeah. Oh my god. I wish I like was gonna go to the Lola Kirk concert this summer in Chicago and like had to skip it for a vacation and I could have like come to this Kirk family realization sooner had I just like showed up there but Lola Kirk does not have a British accent this is like what's confusing to me and neither does Domino Kirk the doula the doula (laughs) sister doula um they getting back to uh the fictional Jessa um she she and Adam moved all of Ray's stuff in the corner behind like a sheet for quote-unquote sex reasons they're just like this whole scene in this kind of weird haze from the last episode um during which they destroyed their apartment and had sex in the middle of the wreckage um but yeah they just seem like they they're acknowledging that the relationship isn't good but you know kind of just on a marathon sexcapade yeah uh, this was a rancid vibe to me and i'm glad that like ray realizes it and like just goes straight to show shows okay. afterwards like against marnie's better judgment yeah i, I... love this relationship though which yeah. one the ratio like dynamic is so lived in in real like them like bickering about like paul krugman in the metro section like I love new shows. Like post Ray shows is so funny to me. I feel like that feels less real than the Jessa and Adam stuff, which to me <laughs> fair. Emblematic of like what a really weird dysfunctional relationship is like. And versus like I mean, like I love the Krugman line, but I'm like that just like seems like two people play acting to me. Yeah. I mean, but it almost seems real in the play acting. Like it seems real in the show she's kind of putting on a performance of like, mm, look at me, look at all the similarities uh, I have with Ray. We can yeah. talk about it. You know, like it it feels like yeah, there's definitely a play acting part of it. Um, and I would be so fucking pissed if I were Marnie. Like Shosha's in these cute little booty PJ shorts making him avocado toast. I would not like this at all. Uh, Marnie walks... Yeah. What? He's GF. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh my God. What what did she say? She's like, come on. Like, I know you're GF. She's just... She's a hoot. Show's just outrageous. And like, I don't think that like... It's not too play-acty to me because we did leave season five with her on this like anti-woke, anti-hipster crusade rebranding of the coffee shop. Like I can see her getting like very like grumpy old man centrist just by osmosis being around these like like Ray and the whatever old guy, Colin Quinn. Yeah. But but I see what you mean, Sophia, just about like the stilted dialogue. Like Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 funny though. And Marnie's just she walks in holding two cups of uh Starbucks coffee that she quote unquote got from a real coffee place. Like she's like shitting on Shosha's coffee. Um but 
Ray rejects or Cho says that Ray doesn't drink coffee from multinational conglomerates. So they yeah. continue on their little <laughs> oof. So cringe. Yeah. Really, really rough. Really rough. I okay, I also rough and like I really cannot devote more than like one brain cell to this, but like Desi and Marnie's like little post ray sex scene like crying into her lap once again like enough like i'm pretty sure the next episode is maybe the last time we see desi and it cannot come soon enough for me i don't know if it is i mean maybe i don't next week not the the like cabin weekend Hmm. am i wrong oh my god that's the best episode ever it's so good so that's where he starts giving pictures and cons <laughs> all the time so good. honestly that is canon for me that's like top five girls episodes is that next week i think it is next week oh my god i love that episode so much where he's just like high as fuck on an oxycon and starts smashing his hand into a window that's that, yeah that so good Genius. I mean, he's, he's great the actor obviously yeah um, complete genius i think that's also the episode where shosh and elijah go to like the women in business conference oh, oh i forgot about that we got a good episode i mean the, i really like this season like there's some fun stuff yeah i said that stuff was in season six because yeah just ends on such a weird note to me that i like forgot that there's like stuff that i like about it it definitely kind of soils the season the ending because it, it's just like not a very satisfying ending um i do remember really i mean we'll we'll talk about the ending when we watch the episode two but like i do really remember liking how it wraps up but it's definitely a very odd almost epilogue like episode like all the real like closure I mean, to the extent that there really is closure on the show happens the episode before it shows engagement party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But even then, I don't know. We'll, we'll get to it, but yeah. it makes sense. Um, one thing I want to point out from this Marnie-Desi scene is um, before they have sex, Desi says, before I even saw you as a woman, I saw you as an artist. Which is... <laughs> Just so I love funny. her. She and him think so much. It's so awful. So awful. Oh, it's perfect. It really is. I love this show so much. It really is given the give this season. Like I'm I'm excited. Oh, and also Elijah wanting to use Hannah's room for an orgy, like a networking orgy <laughs> between like... Be like 15 people. I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> Honestly, I also love Anna being so just like no questions asked sure also he's like i want to do it for networking with broadway professionals (laughs) so funny and then marnie suggests he takes a class and he's like fuck you marnie you take a fucking class (laughs) wait that little bitchy aside he does about um the guy in college who kept gaining and losing weight for roles in the chorus was (laughs) that might have been my biggest laugh of the episode (laughs) on like yeah i really love andrew randall's yeah i mean Um, what what did we think of this episode as a whole 
think good. I thought it was really fun. I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, I liked it. It definitely doesn't feel like a season premiere, but I mean, given how important this episode ultimately is to like the plot and the trajectory of this final season, it does click into place. But I liked it. I thought it was so funny. Mm-hmm. Like classically sitcom in a way that girls is like sneakily very good at. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Final segments? Yeah, we start by asking which girl are you in these episodes? Where did you, it could also be any character. Where did you see yourself in the series season opener? Season opener, honestly, Jessa. This is the only time I've ever felt like a Jessa. <laughs> just like that very specific genre of being dysfunctional. <laughs> I'm not in one right now, but I just really felt something watching Mm -hmm. that like a younger version of myself maybe being under a psychosexual spell yeah (laughs) i mean i would be too with adam driver like he like over the course of the six seasons ages like fine wine to me like he was so hot in like the little brief moment we saw of him Yep. yep very hot um regrettably i was hannah i think just you love a reporting trip babe i do and i really love fish out of water reporting and i never do it though which is why i can't say it's me i mean it's one of those things that i I hardly do it but when i have done it i think i'm really good at it and i like it a lot Mm -hmm. but i i don't know also just her like hating the surf thing i don't like the beach either um and just kind of pussying out immediately and saying like i'm gonna hurt my front arm and not do the assignment like i felt that too did you go to juggalo fest one year am i crazy no so there was a (laughs) um i i came up with the idea when i worked at stereo gum to have a reader's vote on like which horrible festival to send me to and they voted on some weird like trucker like buck cherry music <laughs> festival uh huh but it got canceled and then i got oh. laid off so oh, it never no. happening that i i don't know why in my head i thought you went like to like party with the juggalos for some reason but i was like I that's an assignment that. Do a good job at the gathering, babe. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Never too late. Never too late. I'm looking into it. <laughs> we should a girls' uh girls' room fan club meetup at the yes. gathering 2024. Oh, I would love that. Love live. Um, I was definitely Marnie this episode. Um. Yeah, looking the Ray Shosh dynamic, if I were Marnie, would have driven me similarly crazy. Um, and as a self-identified Marnie in most aspects of my life, I just had to had to give it to my girl this week. Um fit check, outfit of the episode, fashion of the episode. What'd you say, Julia? Um I I think for not because I liked the outfit, but because I thought it was so spot on. Um, 
Marnie's little coffee run athleisure, her kind of her little turtleneck zip up and leggings and sneakers, mm-hmm. just of course holding two coffees, you know, just perfect a perfect Marnie outfit. What really got me from that outfit were actually the, her over ear headphones. They were those like um, yeah, I, I, that I, like I, Issei Miyake like little triangle ones. That was that was very 2016 2017 <laughs> me too sophie for, do you have one for me it's hannah's um interview for slag magazine her outfit the yellow leather jacket yeah it's either that or her um like when she puts her dress back on in the morning after she has sex with riz ahmed and there's puke on it <laughs> <laughs> oh puke dress redux yeah mine was actually also a hannah fit um her geometric print jersey maxi dress that she wears to like sunglass shop like Uh before it was also very 2016 2017 i actually thought hannah dressed pretty well this episode compared like the fashion is dated Mm. but i think if i had watched this episode in you know, watching this episode in 2017, like the yellow jacket would not have raised an eyebrow for me. Like, I sure. think we were just too conditioned. Yeah. I mean, and her little, her party frock before she threw up on it looked cute on her. Yeah. She's, you know, she, she was, she's coming into herself. Maybe. Yeah, And then MVP and LVP of the episode. My MVP was Shosh. Just, I thought she seemed pretty, like she was doing pretty well. And like, I don't think I could give it to like anyone else. So Shosh was kind of my default MVP. Mm -hmm. My LVP was Desi. For just being like, once again, crying in the laps. Like that's, that is disqualifying behavior to me such yeah. a baby yeah. he's a big baby mm, I I'm gonna give MVP to Hannah for getting out of her comfort zone and I don't know kind of being okay with this weekend fling even though she's resistant to it at first I think that's cool and Seems like she had fun, even though it was an unusual experience. And LVP is Marnie for uh, just this whole situation. I, I feel for her. I, I don't want my boyfriend to stay at Shosha's, his ex-girlfriends. And I don't want to bring them coffee in the morning and then have it rejected. Like, that all sucks. Sorry, Marnie. My MVP is Riz Ahmed's character because he's a free spirit who is in a cool open relationship with the hula dancer at Atlantis. Going <laughs> <laughs> to Kilimanjaro together, so that's pretty great. Um, and then my LVP, I would have to say, yeah, probably also Marnie. She got really cut in this episode. Desi was like the absolute worst. So I don't really expect anything else for him, but I felt it more with Marnie, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, wow. What an episode. Great up. 
Sophie, thank you so much. This was a joy. So thanks for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. Um, if you would like to be found on social media, where can people find you? Slash, do you want to plug anything? Well, thanks for asking. I'm not on any social media except for Twitter. My Twitter is just my name at Sophie F. Kemp, F as in Francis, which is my middle name. And I have a book coming out in 2025 called Paradise Logic, and you should buy it in 2025. Everyone set your calendars. Yeah. You heard Do the it girl. Now. It's going to be really good when it comes out in 18 months. <laughs> it is really going to be good. Wait, is that 18 months? Yeah. 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 It's a year and a half. It's spring of 2025. It's 2023. When you put, now. When you put it like that, it's tomorrow. Yeah, it's not that long. It's normal publishing stuff. So everyone look out for it. Everyone look out for it. It yeah. is going to be an amazing book. Sophie's a brilliant, 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 writer. brilliant writer. Mm-hmm. Um so keep submitting listener questions, by the way, too. Uh you can email them to us at girlsroompod at gmail.com or you can DM me on Twitter at FKA Pigs with a Z um keep yeah we've been getting some good ones so just keep them coming keep them coming um is that it i think that's it i think we we covered it great all right well bye everyone (laughs) we'll see see everyone next week see you next week Bye. bye It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.